Welcome back to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Fast Five. It is September 3rd, 2020. The OmniTalk Fast Five is, of course, sponsored by Fast Sensor and Takeoff. And boy, what a week it has been. Tons of headlines, big news to get to surrounding OmniTalk. But first, I'm joined, of course, as always, by the partner in crime and Mazinga. Heyo, happy September, everybody. We made it to another month. Yeah, we got to the next month. Mission accomplished. And Emma, our intern, how are you? Good. Doing well, doing well. School's about ready to start up for you, right? Like you're kind of getting back into the swing of things? Yep, on Tuesday classes go back up again. Very nice. God, I can't wait to hear how that's going to go. I've heard, I was hearing rumors that they're, they're actually trying to do a curfew on campus. What, everyone's supposed to be in their rooms at college in their dorms by 9 p.m.? Is that right? Am I hearing this information correctly? Yeah, I think so. So it'll be interesting to see how um, that works out. Yeah, that seems pretty easy to uh, uh, to keep everybody in line on that one. Yeah, I'm sure college students will abide by that pretty well. That's, that's why you guys went to college, right? For the college life in your dorm at 9 p.m. That's when that's when the magic happens. Oh yeah, as no, they it, say, everyone at Stanford was in bed by 9 p.m. because we yeah. were all studying, right? Yeah, of course. Well, and, you that might actually be true. I I won't be surprised if that yeah, was the case. I probably was, but anyway. <laughs> But speaking of partying hard, did you guys also know that today is a special day for another reason? Today is Charlie Sheen's birthday. Oh, man. Party hard. Is he still partying hard? I he, feel like I don't think Charlie Sheen ever doesn't party hard. Yeah. How old do you think said Charlie Sheen is? Let's start there. Oh, Emma, do you know who Charlie Sheen is? I know, like, of Charlie Sheen. Like, you know, the winning Charlie Sheen, right? That's maybe... How you know him or not two even half that. man. You come on. I don't even think man. that. All right. But how old do you think Charlie Sheen is, Ann? What do you think? 54. Damn, that's pretty good. 55. I thought he was more okay. close. I thought he was closer to 60. I thought he was closer to 60. Okay, so now favorite Charlie Sheen movie. Go. I guess oh, we're gonna I'm gonna because this might be my favorite movie of all time, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. That when he plays the, 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 the boyfriend. Yeah. In the, in the police department. That's pretty good. I think I got to go wall street too. I thought that you could see the raw smoldering talent of Charlie Sheen in that movie. And I, I thought that was a pretty good one, but Ferris Bueller's would probably be my second. Yeah. That, that scene is one of my favorites. Like I just love it so much. It actually, yeah, it makes me smile to think about. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've never seen Lucas either. That's one I've always wanted to put on the old like Netflix, but I've just never gotten around to it. But, but anyway, we digress. We digress, but happy birthday, Charlie Sheen. Hope you're still winning and winning is the theme because man, there were some good things this week. We've got We're going to lead off with a story on Grabango. We're going to talk a little Walmart Plus. We're going to talk about Amazon's new grocery store. Tons of really, really groundbreaking announcements in this week's Fast Five. And then stick around at the end. We're actually going to talk about Macy's and their earnings statement. And we're going to ask the question, is fashion retail dead at scale when it comes to physical stores? may sound crazy, but I think it's pretty interesting to think about. I also want to just give a. I also want to give a quick update on everything that's been going on at OmniTalk this year. We've had a lot of cool milestones, and we can't thank you guys enough for tuning in every single week and supporting us. Just this past week, on Sunday, actually, our traffic to our OmniTalk website passed all of 2019, and that's still with four months to go. We also just refreshed our website, so give it a look. 
It's new. It's fresh. It's got some cool new elements. We'd love your feedback. Tell us what you think about it. We are pretty excited about it because we have embarked on a new partnership with a company called Distill Info. And Distill Info is now providing all of our backend and our analytics to help support all of the people we work with on a weekly basis. So if you're interested in learning more about that, please let us know. There's a tons, tons of things we can do on the content and marketing side to help drive awareness uh, for your business. And man, the readership has just exploded. Our subscriber base is now up in the six digits on a weekly basis. So we're pretty excited about all that information. And again, like I said, and I can't thank everyone that listens each and every week and reads our stuff uh, enough. It really means a lot that we've been able to get to this place uh, with all of you guys. So, so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. And really was our mission all along, which is pretty cool to see after having done this together for three years now, Chris. I mean, who would have thought that some, some former retailers could get into creating a really a, a platform for the rest of, of retail that with a different perspective, who really people who really have actually been in their shoes before. And we're, we're continuing to try to make that content more relevant for you and really uh, thank you so much to all of our listeners and our moms. Yes, that's right. The quote unquote unjournalist journalist approach has been working. So thank you to everyone. All right, well, let's get started. First, big thank you because without our sponsors, none of this would be possible. And our first sponsor is Fast Sensor. Fast Sensor is the first AI-powered platform that provides solutions for social distancing, contract tracing, and operational optimization, all tailored to fit your business. With Fast Sensor, you have the tools necessary to monitor safety, efficiency, and journeys across your organization. Visit fastsensor.com to learn more. And also Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. All right, guys, you ready for this one? Let's I think do we've it. got a lot to go on here. All right, this first story is super, super cool, and it has to do with a company that we featured about a year and a half ago in our Spotlight series called Grabango. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, check it out because it is our most listened to podcast of all time with Grabango's CEO, Will Glazier. But Grabango this week opened up the first fully retrofitted store with Giant Eagle and their GitGo convenience store uh, out in the Pennsylvania area. The store is about 3,000 square feet. It has, believe it or not, 18 gas pumps out in front of it. So this is a big store on the intersection of some pretty big highways out in that part of the country. And Ann and I got a tour of it this week live via video. And I got to tell you, the thing is pretty impressive. It is live and open to the public. There's been a lot of chatter in this industry about all the things companies are going to do. And Grabango has actually gone out there. And as of Tuesday, this is now a live functioning checkout free store at a fairly large scale, roughly 3,000 square feet. So, and what was your takeaway from the whole tour that we did on Tuesday? I mean, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? We were just talking a couple of weeks ago about Standard Cognition's announcement with Circle K doing this in early 2021. And then it was like, bam, out of nowhere, we have one retrofit, like all of the, the key elements of 
that I think we've been waiting for for like the last year and a half, it feels like, to actually see one of these stores functioning in real life with real customers and especially the amount of people. I mean, we saw in the video we'll be sharing uh, with Omnitalk uh, listeners and viewers soon, but there, this is like pumping out people. This is not like just a, a test store in the middle of nowhere. This is like quite a high volume, high traffic store, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's open. And now they have this option to check out completely, um, you know, cashierless. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's some big things here. I mean, I, I can't stress this to the audience enough is like, is we've seen, we've seen the like company test store, which is like a cave and it's cavernous and everything's perfectly manicured. Or we've seen the stores, you know, that the, the individual tech companies themselves have set up that way. There's no lighting, there's no windows, uh, but you know, nothing has been open to the public at a scale in any way, shape or form to the size and magnitude of what Amazon go is at least to, to our knowledge that we've seen. And we followed this really closely uh, over here in the States. And so to see this now is it's pretty impressive because like you said, Ann, there's windows, there's, they're using existing fixtures. It was an existing store. They didn't have to really overhaul all that much. And they've been practicing this, practicing the whole setup for quite some time to understand the tolerance levels that were going to be required for this to work correctly. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool to see. And I think one of the other things to just touch on for those who haven't seen this already, there's no turnstiles. You just walk in. You do have to download the Grabango app before you enter. And that's how you check. You go through, you pick stuff off the shelves, and then you scan a code before you walk out. Um, And one thing we talked about, Chris, and we just touched on that I think is really intriguing as we see some more of this activity happen, as we see standard cognition roll out a store also um, using this retrofit method, is these giant retailers, Giant Eagle in this case, Circle K and others, they're relying on these parties to provide access to this cashierless checkout within the Grabango app or the standard cognition app, not through a giant Eagle app. So I think something that we'll continue to watch here too, is the role that these technology providers, individual apps actually play in enabling the transactions for these cashierless stores. So that's a great point, which putting in perspective, especially for all the finance walks out there that listen to us, that means a higher exit for a lot of these companies, because essentially it means a ubiquitous platform to go in and out and shop checkout free in any of these retail installations that might have this type of setup. Yeah, it's fascinating to see. And, and I think that one question too about, you know, how does it all work ultimately end? Do I scan to get in like I do at Amazon Go? Is there a controlled exit point? I've always been a big fan of that. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. And I think there's still a lot to come. But again, none of it happens without experimentation. And that's what this industry needs is let's, let's talk about all the marketing and the sizzle and all the things we're going to do. What are the live things we're actually doing? And the retailers, most importantly, need to get behind that experimentation and start to do it to understand what we really have here. But this is cool. I mean, this upstages two really huge stories from Walmart and from Amazon. So, Anne, why don't you do the next story? Yeah, let's go to Walmart finally announcing a launch date for Walmart Plus. I feel like this (laughs) has been a headline like five times this year, but we mean it, you guys. This time, it's really happening. So Walmart um, has announced a launch date for their Walmart Plus program in a couple of weeks here in September. Uh, it's $98 a year for the program. Um, they they aren't comparing this to Amazon Prime subscription, but in case you were like the rest of us are, uh, that's compared to $119 a year for Amazon Prime. 
Uh, Walmart Plus requires an order minimum of $35, uh, but that's for 160,000 items that qualify for free shipping under the Walmart Plus program that can be delivered directly from stores, key point, uh, directly from the 4,700 Walmart stores around the country, uh, which allows them to offer same-day shipping on many of the products. Um, Walmart's also doing an option here where Walmart Plus subscribers can pay $12.95 a month instead of paying one lump sum of the $98 um, as an annual fee. So what do you guys think here? Do you have Emma, any what, Yeah, thoughts? what do you think, Emma? I think, you know, it's not enough to get me to switch my loyalty from like Target and Cub, which are the two grocers closest to me, over to Walmart. And at this point, I'm kind of confused. So I'm sure guys are going to break down more of the details going forward, just as to everything it has. One thing I did notice, though, was that they don't have their streaming services or anything like that attached to it, which I think really is like they should have done that because that's one of my favorite parts about Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I, I think like we always say on the show, too, it's day one, right? Like the damn thing hasn't even launched yet, right? It launches September 15th. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I think, Anne, you're right. Like at the end of the day, like let's not put too much of a smokescreen on this. This is a grocery play, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 100% a grocery play, and essentially it keeps pace with what Amazon is already doing, right? And Amazon has some, and you can get into all this like delivery minutia of like what are the fees for what, but essentially like Amazon has some hurdles, Target has some hurdles with ship, but basically it's just leveling the playing field across those three really major players. The cooler part to me, though, and what Emma's alluding to is actually some of the other stuff. Like if you're a Walmart Plus member, you can use their Scan and Go program. You can get up to five cents discounts on your gasoline at over 2,000 gas stations that are affiliated with Walmart. I did some math on this for an article. Do you know we spend 4% of our pre-tax income on gasoline? That stuff matters. That's Amazon. not including 2020 revenue, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I have to yeah, imagine right, that yeah, data is that was 2019 pre, pre-COVID. Data. Yeah, okay, yeah. good, good. It doesn't really change either. I went back like 10 years. It's like two, you spend 2,000 bucks a year on gas, the average person. But like Amazon can't do that. And if anything, like under COVID with Scan and Go, I mean, we've been a long time, long time fan of that. And they've done a lot of work with Sam's Club. And it has a controlled exit point as well. I made sure to ask that of their PR team in terms of how they're implementing this. You, you scan your QR code on the way out through a self-checkout machine that speeds you through. That's a place too, where I go, okay, Amazon can't, that's, that's not even in Amazon's wheelhouse right now. Sure. They have 30 Amazon go stores target. What the hell are you doing? Because you haven't moved the needle at all on that capability. Okay. So now I look at the range of what I can get there versus what I can get with target and ship. Walmart's starting to look a lot more compelling to me especially if I want to get in and out quickly, which for me, I, that I, I do, I can't actually shop physical retail because I can't stand in lines anymore. It's so hard. And that makes it really compelling for me to try it actually. Yeah. I think that the big question is here is like, if you are an existing Walmart customer, this is amazing. Like there's so many benefits here. It makes sense. You have a lot of product that you can now get shipped to you day of. And, and I, I, in an ideal, I think setting you're getting it shipped more quickly, hopefully, because you are getting it from the store versus from a warehouse that is coming, you know, like, I think that's a benefit here. I think Emma's point about the streaming makes the TikTok potential TikTok acquisition rumors even more interesting too. Um, You know, Walmart's trying here. They, whether they want to admit it or say it out loud or not, like they're trying to get competitive. And I think this is a good way to do that. 
I, I even think about, you know, would I switch over or would I add this on as a potential benefit for, for my family? And I, I'd consider it. I don't know that I'm going to cross over and cut prime. Um, but I think it's some, there's some potential here for sure. Yeah. And let's not forget too. I think the other key part of this is let's also talk about the other thing Walmart's doing, which is Walmart is rolling out their health hubs. And if you remember, we talked about this back at February in February. And I remember we were sitting outside at Utah West and we were talking about how $30 medical visits and $25 dental checkups. Mm-hmm. If that becomes a part of this, and you talked about being the busy mom and having the kids and needing to do all those things, that brings people there. That probably brings more trips and larger baskets for those types of situations into a Walmart store, even with the existing base as well. So if you start to get the synergies of that flywheel going in terms of that whole movement into the healthcare space too, I think there's a lot, a lot here. And I say kudos to Walmart for finally doing this too. I mean, and they've gotten a lot of crap for how long it was delayed. We were kind of giving them some, some grief, but I mean, it really hasn't been that long. Yeah. Has there been a lot going on? It kind of (laughs) has. Right. The the last question that I have that I'll be following too is, you know, we talked about Instacart partnering with Walmart and now that they are offering same day, in some cases, delivery from their stores. I wonder what they, what other partnerships are happening to make that happen. What third-party people they're using and and teams to facilitate this now too, and what that means down the road too for for the Instacarts, the DoorDashes, and those other other companies. For sure, yeah. The operational questions of this are still really interesting. We'll get to that somewhat with Amazon too, like too, like yeah. How are you putting automation in the stores to make this more efficient? Who are the par- who are the partners for delivery? How are you coordinating that? Still a lot to be unfurled here. It's all really, really exciting stuff. All right. Speaking of exciting stuff, Emma, this story number three is a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. So Mall of America has partnered with Pop Shop Live to bring live stream shopping to its customers. PopShop Live is a mobile live streaming marketplace where users create their own pop-up channels that their fans or customers can shop directly from. And then PopShop Live also manages all of the payment and shipping details. I love this for Mall of America, though, because they're taking it into their own hands to get people interested and then hopefully purchasing the products that the retailers within the mall sell. The retailers, you know, aren't really jumping on it. So Mall of America's like, if we can't get the foot traffic, we have to come up with an alternative. And I watched one of their live streams last night. Yeah, you guys tried this, right? Yeah. You both tried this, right? Okay. Yeah, I watched Games by James, which is a local Minnesota um, game store. But it was interesting. You know, I'm not a big game person, but it's it's a clever one because I'm sure they're selling a lot more games right now because people are bored. And then it's super simple. You just click on a product and you can even use Apple Pay to pay and it'll fill out your shipping details and everything. But yeah, it's just something entertaining to watch. It's a different way to shop. Hold on a sec. So like, what was that like? Were they like, cause like, I remember Sorry was like the number one game at Walmart for one week. Like were people just like playing Sorry and then you like click on it? Like how did that work? What was the interaction like? They pretty much just kind of showed the game wrapped up this, the first game they highlighted because I didn't watch the whole thing was Twin Cities-opolis, which I guess is only sold at Games by James. Oh, that's pretty local. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, they weren't talking about you know, kind of how you play it. They weren't necessarily showing like moving the actual pieces, but it was just something like fun and interesting. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like QVC. And that was your experience too, right? QVC. Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched the first live stream that they did with Kendra Scott. I posted on LinkedIn, a, a shot from it, but 
I am just captivated by live streaming. And for me, it's, I've, like I said last week, I've been trying to go through and walk the malls and shopping centers and big box stores just to get a, a sense of the environment right now. And this live streaming for me is better than walking and window shopping. Like you just, you, you get so involved in things and you start to have interest in jewelry or in that case, or things that I would never, I would never stop at the, and go in the Kendra Scott store and spend that much time looking at something. But suddenly like I need a heart, you know, diamond heart ring from Kendra Scott. Like I I'm considering like, Oh, even if I accidentally bought this, would I be that upset about it? <laughs> like what is going on? I just, I think it's really smart. And I think Mall of America has been trying a lot of things to get people still interacting with their tenants. Right. I think this is another incredible, incredible benefit to offer tenants. It's, you know, Mall of America representatives going in and interviewing the different tenants. So they're really taking it on here and saying, here's how we're going to help you still, you know, it's not consolidated fulfillment and curbside and all these other things, but here's another way we're going to try to help you to get people engaging uh, with the platform. And the Pop Live platform is really fun too. I mean, it's not just Mall of America. It's, it's a collection of stores from all over the country. So, um, so I think this was really fun and, uh, I'll be, I'll be checking, checking this out. So you guys, that's cool. You guys thought it was cool and interesting. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we're, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but it seems like we're going to only see more of this. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you've been, been hearing like people, you know, start to put these mini studios inside their spaces and using, even as you we were talking and I could see videos on the, you know, on the facades of all these, you know, stores just streaming all the time in terms of like what's going on inside the store to get people to come in and check it out because they're, you know, simulcasting it across, you know, the internet at the same time. So yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah. And it's still pretty raw, I would say. Like there's still, you know, there's not, it's not not studio quality. They're going in They're They're like we said earlier, they're, they're putting it out there. They're experimenting and trying and it will only get better from here. Um, And I think that's a great part of it. Like it doesn't require a film crew. It requires one person, you know, just going there and interacting with the product and seeing it firsthand and giving me the confidence to spend money that I wasn't planning on spending or that I wasn't going in the mall and and spending anyway. So, yeah, I mean, that's how we started podcasting, right? We were in a basement one day, right? And like, just learned how to do it. And look, here we are. And here we are now and probably still try to figure it out, quite honestly. Yeah. all right. Awesome. Let's keep moving. That's cool. I, I do have this whole like thing of Anne playing Dungeons and Dragons in my head at games by James to Emma that you oh. somehow put it in. Cause I know she was probably doing that in high school, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I digress. But no. well, I think that's maybe a better picture of Chris Walton's high school experience. Uh, I was, was not into cool that. In Thank school. God. I was not, no offense to anyone that was, but that was not my bag. That was not my bag. All right. All right. So story number four, this is huge. Amazon opened its first Amazon Fresh Grocery Store. Now, it's basically a soft opening at this point, but basically they have opened up their roughly 30 to 40,000 square foot grocery store in Woodland Hills. Now, what is it? Well, put simply, having read all the announcements around this, it's a grocery store. It's a garden variety grocery store in a lot of ways. The pictures, the visuals are everything you would expect. They have their own private label brands. The one really cool one that I will point out is called Cursive. Wow, Oof. that was good, right? What does Cursive make? Like, what's know. in that product collection? I don't know, but it's scrolly and I like it. <laughs> but anyway, And then they've got Alexa kiosks all through the stores and you can ask Alexa questions. And of course, as we've talked about before, they've got the dash cart where you can, you know, if you have a small trip, you two bags worth of items, you can put items in, Cam- computer vision will understand what's in the cart and you can walk out a 
again, a controlled ex exit point and leave without having to stand in line and just pay electronically. The other really cool thing is, of course, you have all the delivery capabilities out of Amazon's fresh store that you would expect. You also have package pickup and package returns. And the package returns also do not have to even be packaged. You can actually bring returned items completely unpackaged in and Amazon will take care of that for you completely, which I think is fascinating. I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on that one. And I was resolute in trying to find this out. According to Amazon, there is no automation in this building. All of the order picking, and this store has been dark and picking orders for this California area for a while, is all being done manually as of right now. Going back to the last story, we'll see how that continues to play out. But what do you guys think of this? And So the package pickup thing is maybe my favorite part of this story. I know sure. that's weird, but like that's such a relief. And I mean, one of the so grocery stores have had some post offices in them before, but I mean, you had to bring your stuff ready to go. I think for me, talk about one-stop shopping, like to be able to know that I can bring my returns to this spot and get my grocery shopping done in one, in one place. I think that's amazing. Um, you know, I have a question though. Do you have to have the Amazon app to shop this grocery store? I wasn't able to figure that out. So you can still go in there, but your experience is not going to be at the level of what your experience is like if you're an Amazon Go or sorry, Amazon Prime member and have the connectedness of Amazon. Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's a great question. From my understanding, it works two ways. It's similar to like how a Whole Foods works now. Okay. Where, you know, if you have your app, you can use it in certain instances. Uh, but if you really want to unlock the value, it's, you know, if you want to use that smart cart or if you want to pair Alexa at home to a shopping list with what you're doing inside the store, it really works that way. And then also, I'm sure some capabilities within the app, I don't know this for positive, but probably facilitate some of the package return elements you're talking about, pickup elements and order pickup elements you're talking about, too. So, Emma, what do you think? I saw you shaking your head there on the on the package return and especially the package list part. Yeah, I love that. I think if one of these stores opened up anywhere in the Twin Cities, it would be probably the only grocery store I go to. And I love, as we just said, the package pickup and drop off, especially not having to box up your own um, stuff that you bought. Like I just recently bought a set of dishes from Amazon, only they broke. And it was such a, before like I opened the box, it was such mm-hmm. a pain to get them back to UPS and figure out all these things. It'd be so much more convenient if I could just go bring it to the Amazon counter, say they broke and walk out. So I love that. So two questions on this then. One, does this basically negate Cole's entire effort with Amazon? And did Amazon just like basically use them as a litmus test to, or proving ground for this? And then two, to what you just said, does this experience even have to be that great? Or does that one capability sell you on the fact that this is now where I want to go do my own, my grocery shopping? Cause I can get more done, uh, you know, in, in relatively less time. What do you guys think on that, Emma? I think the package pickup and return just makes it all worth it for me because going to any post office is a pain and I don't really care what products they have in the grocery store. If they sell like the, five vegetables I eat and some rice, like get everything done in one trip. Just got to meet that hurdle for you. What about you, Ann? I don't know. I see. I kind of, that's one of, in my notes for this, I was 
wondering that because I think that there's still some, there's some level of convenience where like, you don't care about the quality of the produce or the meats or whatever. And even though they're saying in the store, they're do, they're offering like the 365 brand from Whole Foods in their, yeah. in the store as an option. I still wonder if this is going to be a strictly convenience play. Like, is this just like, it's convenient. I'm, if I know I need to do a lot of things there, is that going to be the, the like place where I end up going or am I still going to stick to my routine? And if this isn't part of my routine, it's like a one-off store experience. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I worry about the quality and if the quality of the product isn't there, if it skews more like Aldi and less Whole Foods, if people are really going to continue to go there um, as their destination for shopping, if they're physically going to a, a Amazon store and if that even matters, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. You're right. And we'll see how it plays out like too. And like, what's the ultimate size of these things in the box? I mean, then you, and then where does Amazon go come in where you've got 10,000 square foot go stores, which you know, are really compelling on the convenience side of things yes. with grocery, but you're right. It always begins and ends with the quality of the perishables and the fresh meats, right? That's generally speaking, you know, what's probably driving people's uh, decision-making process in terms of where to go for their grocery store. But, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't, it's, but like, I mean, you could make that same argument about a target grocery experience, quite frankly. So like, I oh, think I this will. is yeah. very fascinating in that context. And so right. then you start to say, what's the competitive response here of, returns in the online space. Walmart has their Shopify partnership. But again, what's Target doing in that space? There's not anything there to compel people to make that one-stop shop more compelling amongst these three behemoths of the one-stop shop category. And Amazon's now kind of doing it by default. Uh, And then they've got the relationship with Kohl's too. So a lot of interesting dynamics at play here. And final word, Yeah, I think things are just heating up here. I mean, with the Grabango story with Walmart Plus, like, and with this story, I mean, the way we shop is is going to be so different. We say that a lot, but I think I'm I'm really like standing at the top of the mountain right now, and you're looking down. You're like, we have so much that's going to just transform what life is like in the next year. um, As cashierless checkout, as you know, more Amazon grocery stores start to pepper across the landscape of the United States. Um, It's, it's going to be something, something remarkable again, like another chapter in the 2020 retail change. All right. Well, on that note, close us out. Macy's. Let's do this. Well, guys, I know you're excited about this one. Macy's has announced that they are looking at opening smaller stores in off-mall locations. So according to Macy's CEO, CEO Jeff Gannett, Macy's is planning to test several smaller Macy's stores outside of malls, as well as a Bloomingdale's off-mall store. Uh, they are also looking to expand their Macy's Backstage, which is their off-price concept, Um, but they have said this does not change any of their plans to close 125 of their stores over the course of the next three years. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I will turn it to you guys first and see what you think if you're pumped about smaller format Macy stores as the saving grace for this company. Oh man, Emma, I mean, let's go to you first. Emma, do you, do you, do you think, Macy's can pull off a smaller format off mall Macy's concept. No, why not? Not at all. They're just, they're an irrelevant brand. And like, to me, Macy's means absolutely nothing. And I can't see it just, I think having the word Macy's attached to you 
means I will not go to your smaller format store. Like I'm done. I'm over Macy's. If they had completely rebranded and like, let's say you take Macy's like backstage and those can be smaller format stores, but they're the discounted product. And then you make a new brand of your more higher end kind of new merchandise in a smaller format. I think there's potential there, but the Macy's smaller format stores that are probably just going to be smaller versions than a, of a big Macy's store because they're just unwilling to reinvent. I think. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm going to make two predictions here. And, and I know you might disagree with some of these, but I'm going to make two predictions here right now, September 3rd, 2020. I don't think they can pull it off. I don't think, can, I don't think Jeff Kinnett has the strategic tops to make this happen. There's been nothing that shows us that he can. So I think two things are going to happen. One, if this becomes anything, it'll just be more backstage concepts and they'll take the Macy's brand down in price. That's one. And the reason I say that is because two, I am now getting to the point where I think we are seeing, and I tease this at the beginning, the death of fashion, physical retail at scale. And the reason I say that is because of this. It's something someone said to me early, early this year in a conversation, which is I go online, I shop these live streams, I shop my Instagram feed, that stuff feels special and unique to me. For physical retail to work and physical fashion retail to work, you have to get scale. And so that means putting the same products in the same locations over and over again. And as soon as you do that, by default, it is less cool than what I can do and the types of experiences and the types of variety I can get online or through other means which means retail is going to have to become more localized to what it is that people are seeking, even in the physical world. Can Macy's pull that off? I don't think so. And so I think it's going to be really hard for anyone. And so what I think you're going to probably actually see is not national brands, but smaller brands move into that space on more of a regional basis or be the, you know, be some type of omnichannel expression on a localized basis in terms of who's having success, meeting people's expectations in that regard. So those are my two predictions in terms of what's going to happen. And what do you think on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the problem here, Emma said it, you've said it, none of these are new ideas. If Macy's wants to survive, they need new ideas. And going to an off-price concept, like, do we need another off-price retailer? Last time I checked, TJX's stock is like, going down, down, down. Like, do we need to have another place to get the same product? I mean, they're already selling Macy's off, off-brand you know, product that's that exists in the market already. So if they want to win here, if they are going to go into the smaller formats, I think that the, they have to start to take a step back and look at, can we take a concept like market at Macy's? Can we take what we learned from that and try to create these like smaller regional concepts that aren't, you know, what the Macy's of old was, that's not working anymore. And another thing that this, you know, if they do start looking into off mall, we kind of touched on it yesterday, but they're one of the largest anchor tenants in malls today too. So if Macy's starts going off mall, what hap- what what ripple effect does that have for the rest of of the retail industry? Um, I mean, not that I don't know that it's going to matter if they don't end up staying around as a brand anyway. But yeah, I think this is really difficult for me to stomach as a as a new concept for Macy's or one that can keep them alive. I think it's an impossible pivot. Quite frankly, even as you talk there, I'm just like, this is impossible. There's no way you can turn the ship in that direction and then be at, at this point in time and be saddled with all the legacy real estate and infrastructure that you have. The visual that keeps coming to my mind is that scene in the Titanic where they see the iceberg and they're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they start turning the ship and no one knows that 
it's just scraping the living crap out of the hull underneath the water, right? That's what's going on here. It's, it's just not going to be possible as an idea. And I think it begs the larger question in closing of what does this mean for fashion retail at scale in general? Because I don't think we're talking about that question enough. All right. Well, that closes us up this week. Fun conversation, you guys. God, we got some Charlie Sheen in there, some D&D, cursive. Cursive. All What's everybody doing stuff. for Labor Day? It's oh, Labor yeah, Day Labor Day is this weekend. What do you got planned, Ann? Oh, uh, I don't really have any plans. I'm just going to try to kick back and enjoy the last week of of maybe sort of sanity before kids go back to school. How about you guys? Emma? Uh, nothing. I do the same exact things every single day, and that's pretty much what I'll keep doing. Yeah. I'm not sure. My great-grandma, for those listening, my great-grandmother is actually in the hospital, so I'm not sure. So there could be, depending on how that goes, there could be a lot of of beverages uh, consumed this weekend. We'll see how this plays out. But uh, just hoping to spend some time with the family and, you know, kind of keep connected with everything. So on that really downbeat note, I just left this all with. Um, we do hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful Labor Day. Get to spend some time with your friends and loved ones. Again, thank you so much to all of you. You mean so much to us in terms of the success we've been able to have here at OmniTalk. Emma, the intern, Ann and I cannot thank you enough. If you haven't already, as I always say, please remember to like, leave us a review, wherever you happen to listen to our podcast and watch our videos on YouTube. And as always, be careful out there.